Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. Before we start tonight, let's, let's pray. Father, we thank you again for allowing us to be here for night two of this renewal, this revival. Uh, Father, we thank you that you have chosen us to be here. We're not here by chance, not here by accident, but God, you have ordained this day for us. And we pray that during this time, as you speak to us, God, that we will hear you with the intent to obey. We thank you for this church, this pastor, for the receiving spirit, God, the spirit of love that we felt even as we walked through this door. And God, our prayer is that when we leave tonight, that as the Holy Spirit has ministered to us, that we will leave closer than we were when we came in. And Father, that you will give us the renewing, God, the revival that you so much want for your children. We thank you now, and in Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Night two, night two, night two. I'm happy to be back, happy to be back. Um, I was sharing with the pastor that somebody told me that I went a little bit past my 30 minutes last night. (laughs) And so as I talked to the uh, media tonight, She said, well, I have a counter if you're concerned. And she says, I can put you on the counter and I can see it back there. Now, what I forgot to ask her was, when does the counting start? You know, because right now I'm not preaching. So but she got that clock going. So that's not going to be part of my 30 minutes. All right. But uh, we are we are so happy to be back. Um, Just a couple things. Uh, When we first got the invitation and the pastor said that one night he was telling me about the worship and he said, one night we're going to have some uh, Southern Gospel uh, Quartet singing. And so some people in my church, I'm just going to be honest, y'all, I ain't never heard of it. So some people wanted to know, well, what is that? So I looked it up and I said, I think it's somewhere between Elvis before he became famous. The, uh, maybe the Oak Ridge Boys, uh, somewhere in there, but we're just going to come and we're going to see what it is. And... Uh, Pastor, I must say, uh, great job, great job with the, uh, the Southern Gospel singers. Great job, great job. Tonight, 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 I said last night that we want to build each night, and, and we, want, we want to begin to stack. And, and I don't know, sometimes we have good and bad days. When we can begin to stack good days, we'll find that if I stack enough good days, I'll have some good weeks. And if I stack enough good weeks, I can have some good months. So we want to stack tonight. We want to build on what we talked about last night. If you would, turn your Bibles to the book of Jeremiah. And we sort of um, quoted this a little bit last night, but we want to read it tonight. Jeremiah chapter 29. In verse 11, and this is God speaking, and many of us have read it, probably heard many sermons on it, uh, teachings on it. But listen to the word of God. It says, for I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. And if you go back and then you begin to read a little bit about what's going on, God's children have been taken into captivity. But yet God had a vision for them that he was trying to show them that I am still in control. 
And so tonight, tonight, after we've come through of, of responding to adversity and, and we stepped up to the plate now, is, yes, Lord, I'm responding. I'm going through some things. I'm responding to adversity. What's next? And God is, is telling us tonight, and I will use for my topic tonight, is to trust his vision. It's to trust God's vision. The word vision, let me read a little bit of this. The word vision means a sight, dream, revelation, or enlightenment. It is the power of anticipation. It is expectation. And it says seeing the attainable yet invisible. And even in uh, Proverbs chapter 29, it says where there is no vision, the people will perish. And I began to think about what does that mean? Because perish means that it's going to be a, 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 a some time that's going to happen and, 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 and it's going to be a wearing down. You see, it's not going to happen uh, immediately. Perishing means that it takes time to do it. And so where there is no vision, people will perish. And I ask you tonight, I, I went on your, your website today, just curious, and I went on it and, and I went and I clicked the vision. And the vision said that the church, and I may not quote it exactly, but it says that it's, it's trying to reach the families in South Fulton, Coweta, Fayette counties to, to enhance them to have a relationship with Christ. How much are you buying into that vision of your church? And then I looked right below that vision statement. It talked about building a new campus. How many of us are really, how many of you are really buying into this vision of being on this new campus? You see, there's a lot of things going on in our lives, and sometimes we can see so much with our eyes that we can't have the vision that God has given us because we're seeing things with our own eyes. And let me tell you this, vision is not the same as ambition. A lot of times people mix the two up. I'm very, I, I, I'm, I, I have a lot of ambition. I'm, I'm striving to be successful. Listen, ambition drives you to be successful. Vision drives you to be a believer. And when you can learn the difference, when you can know the difference between being uh, a person who's ambitious and a person who has God's vision, let me tell you something. There's nothing that can be withheld from us. It says that vision is a discovery of God's plan as it relates to your life. And just like there's a vision given to a pastor for his flock, for his ministry, there are visions given to each one of us for our lives. God does not leave us in a place where we don't know what's going on. We can't. We don't know uh, whether we're going or coming. But listen what God says. He says, the just shall walk by faith and not by sight. And sometimes we can see so much with our natural eyes that our spiritual eyes become blind. And, And let me tell you something. We do a lot to work on our natural eyes. I was telling the pastor, he was asking me about the setup right here. And I said, you know what? I said, it works great. Because at my church, the the podium is a little higher and my eyesight's not what it used to be. So I'm playing some days. I'm trying to get that right angle where I can read my Bible and see things. And this is working perfect right here. That's my physical eyes. But listen, God is trying to work something in a vision in me that with my spiritual eyes, I will trust his vision. Listen, um, we shared last night about uh, going through adversity. Let me share this with you about trusting and learning how to trust the vision. Listen, I preach a lot about myself, not because I've done a whole lot of things right in my life, but I can serve as a great example to somebody else that you might want to do it a little different than I did it. 
I shared last night that I spent some time in Haiti. And after the Haiti trip, I went to Africa. First trip in Uganda. And as I was in Uganda, we went around to uh, place after place and everything was staged. All the kids would be waiting for us in their little uh, outfits and they would sing and dance and we would go eat food in a nice, clean place. And I thought, you know, Lord, I'm traveled 19 hours from home. I want to see the real Africa. Be careful what you ask for. And I met a man when I came back and he says, listen, I got a place I want you to go to. He says, it's an island out out in Lake Victoria. He says, and I want you to go out there. He says, I've developed a vision for those people. He says, and I want you to be praying about it. And he showed me tapes and and pictures from it. And then you know what? I bought into the vision. I'm ready to go. And so the second time I went back, I went with him. And he wasn't able to go. He sent me by myself to that island. (laughs) And we got to the place and they dropped me off on the boat and they said, I'll see you in three days. Listen, this is what I wanted. God, this is what I want. This is a vision that you've given me. I'm ready to walk with it. I'm ready to go. And I got out there on that island. And and the first evening I was there, they bought me lunch. Couldn't tell you who cooked it. Couldn't even tell you what it was. And they set it down and I began to eat. I began to eat faith. You know, Paul says, they said it in front of you, eat it. And that's what I did. And I finally asked, what is this? And they told me chicken. And so I got down to the meat and I've been eating chicken all my life. And I never I'd never seen chicken that looked like that. And after I finished eating, it was something in my system said, it's just not going to be a good evening. And I got sick. Remember, I asked for this. I'm trying to trust the vision. And I got sick. And this was as sick as I've ever been in my life. If anybody ever prayed, Lord, if you take me right now, I'm okay with it. That's what I was doing that day. And I was out in that in that uh, Lake Victoria and I can't tell you what all was happening. There's children in here, but it wasn't very pretty. (laughs) And I looked up and I'm sick and I see this big cloud coming and I'm thinking, Lord, I'm out here in this lake and I'm sick. And here comes this rain, this uh, thunderstorm. I'm living in a grass hut. Don't know if it's going to hold up. And the young man who was hosting me came and I said, look, man, I said, here comes this storm. Is this hut going to hold up? He said, Brother Reggie, that's not a storm. He said, those are bugs. (laughs) Now, listen, now I'm really wondering, God, is this really what I wanted? (laughs) But remember, the whole thing is trust the vision. And so those bugs came in just like he said. And we weathered those bugs for about four hours. You couldn't even see your hand in front of you. Thank God they didn't bite. And I was still sick on top of that. And then a lady from the village came and and she gave me something and she said, chew this. And at that point, I didn't care what it was, Lord, I'm getting ready to chew it because you sent her to me. And I chewed that. And then I began to feel better. And after the bugs left, a couple of kids came curious to see who I was. And I gave them a couple of peanut butter crackers. And I said, listen, we're going to have Bible study a little later on. And those two kids went back with those peanut butter crackers and they came back with about 120 more kids looking for peanut butter crackers. But let me tell you this. They also came to hear what I had to say. And then from that, the vision became that through Mount Zion Church at that time, we bought we bought uh, labor to to uh, clean that uh, that island off. And they began to grow sweet potatoes and bananas. And then they began to take those things and begin to sell them to the mainland. 
But all of that, well, you know, the whole time I was thinking, this is not what I want. Why? Because if God birthed a vision in you, sometimes we think it's just going to be easy because God said it's going to happen. Remember last night we read the story when Jesus says, listen, disciples, let's get in the boat and go to the other side. He didn't tell them, let's take a smooth ride to the other side where you can look off and enjoy the nice view of the water. Listen, they got on the boat with Jesus himself. The Bible says that the waves and winds begin to turn the boat to and fro. Listen, we've got to learn to buy into the vision. If we look again in the Bible, in the book of Habakkuk. And I want to ask you this tonight, the same way I asked last night. Whatever adversity you're going through, are you able to weather and fight through it? And then after you fall through it, what vision has God birthed in your life? You see, because if you don't have a vision, the Bible has already said we will perish. If you come to church and don't and God hasn't given you a vision uh, or be a part of a vision, you will perish. And where there is no vision, perishing is going on day in and day out. So then how do I get into the vision? Listen, in Habakkuk uh, chapter two. Not a very turn to uh, book of the Bible, I know. But it gives us a great plan on how to be successful in trusting the vision. And you think about all the excuses that God has has given. I mean, all the uh, visions that God has given us. And yet we come back with our excuses. And I ask you, when God has given you the vision to do something, what are are we answering? It's the same as that wake up call. Lord, I, I, I see where you're trying to take me, but not right now. Lord, let me finish doing what I'm doing. Lord, let me get all of these things straightened out. And God is constantly trying to give us the vision. In the book of Habakkuk, chapter two, listen what the prophet said. Talking about receiving the vision from God. And if you turn back in the first chapter of the book, he has the question was asked, why does God permit injustice? Why should God use the wicked as God was using the people uh, that were not of his own? And then the vision became real to the prophet. And listen what he says. Verse one says, I will stand upon my watch and set me upon the tower and will watch to see what he will say unto me and what I shall answer when I am approved. We're talking about the vision from God. And listen, what's the first thing that he did? He says that what he says, I will stand upon my watch. You see, in order to get the vision from God, you're going to have to get above all the fray that's going on in your life. You see, sometimes we're so mixed up in everything that we that we can get ourselves in that we cannot see or hear God. We have to be in the place where God can give us that vision. Remember when he gave Moses the commandments. He didn't he didn't uh, come down to where Moses was with all those people. He brought Moses up to the mountaintop. The prophet says, I will stand upon my watch. He says, and set upon the tower. You must separate yourself to hear from God. And let me tell you this. The vision that God birthed in you in your personal life. Sometimes we're so quick to share it. And let me tell you what happens when we share a lot of things to people that we shouldn't be sharing them to, you know. People then began to assassinate it. People began to cast doubt on what and what God has called you to do. But the prophet says, listen, I will stand 
upon my watch. Listen, the Bible tells us this when Jesus was speaking to his disciples. He says, I want you to watch. He says, and also pray. How many of us have fixed our eyes to hear from God tonight? There has to be separation in our lives. One of the great things we got to learn as Christians, as children of God, is when there comes a time for separation that we must separate. We're so concerned about people's feelings. We know we shouldn't be involved with certain things and certain people, but because we're so worried about their feelings, we won't set ourselves above it. The prophet says, if I'm going to get the vision, he says, I must set myself above the crowd. And then listen what he says in verse two. And I like this because this is something that's real in all our lives. He says, and the Lord answered me and said, write the vision. When the pastor spoke to to this church about moving to a new place. And trust me, this is not a conversation I had with him. How did you see yourself fitting into the vision that he spoke? Some of us made uh, declarations of monies we would give, of time we, could, we would commit. And guess what happens? We make a lot of promises, but we so easily forget them. Listen, he tells them to what? Write the vision. I encourage people, when God speaks to you, write what God is saying. Write what he's saying. And not only write it, he says this. He says, write the vision and make it plain. You know, sometimes we can get so doctoral in our biblical knowledge and all of these things. Listen, write what God says and make it plain. And once you write it, put it somewhere where you'll see it at all times. You know, the pastor was talking about him eating those barbecue sandwiches, so he may need to put his on his refrigerator because every time he goes to it, he'll see it. This is what God has spoken to me. I need to put it on my TV because when I sit in my chair, my TV will come on. Listen, write the vision. Why? Because when you look at what God has promised to do in your life, above all the things that are happening, when I can look at it and I, God, beyond a doubt, you said that this is going to happen. Your word is true. The Bible tells us his word is true. It cannot lie. Write the vision. Write whatever you whatever God purposed you to do and whatever you raise your hand to God to do, write it down. And then when you're going through those hard times in your life. You know, people will make financial. I remember back when we used to make financial pledges in the church. And, and let me let's be honest. When hard times hit the first place, most people stop. Uh, most people begin to adjust their finances where with their tithes and offerings. Why? Because you know what? If I don't pay Toyota, they'll come get that car. If I don't pay Georgia Power, that light switch means nothing. And we think that we can just take it back from God. But if I write it down. Lord, I promise this is what I was going to do. Lord, I promise this is where I would give my time. Lord, I promise this is where I would serve to meet the vision that you've given me. Write it down. Put it on your mirror. Put it somewhere where you can always see it. Make it plain. Why? Because it's speaking to you. You see, you may not understand the vision I have, but you know what you receive from God. Make it plain, he says. He says, and make it plain upon tables that he may run that readeth it. What does that mean? That means I'm going to put this thing into action. You see, it's hard for me to read. Lord, I promise you that I would teach this Sunday school class every Sunday. And every Sunday morning I get up and the opportunity is there to stay at home. And I see what God has visioned me to do for his kingdom. Guess what? I can't stay at home. We can lie to a whole lot of people. But guess what? We can never lie to ourselves. 
If I don't know anybody else in here, I know myself. He tells them to write it so that they can run that read it. And listen what he says. He says, for the vision is yet for an appointed time. I heard pastor say last night that revival is for uh, an appointed people at an appointed time for a specific task. And so when you know that the vision God has given you is for an appointed time. Listen, the children, when we read in Jeremiah chapter 29, it says that God told them, listen, I'm going to I have a plan for you that's going to make you successful. And everybody, yay, God's got us. He said, but it's going to take 70 years. You see, there's an appointed time in God's plan. There's an appointed time in God's vision. And you know what? If we understand that it it is God's vision given to us and it is on God's time, we'll continue to stay with it. He says the vision is for an appointed time. He says, but the end, it shall speak. And, you know, that's the hallelujah time that I know, Lord, whatever I'm going through, whatever I'm going through. Guess what? In the end, this this vision is going to speak. It's going to be true because you have spoken it. Your words are true. But we have to understand it's his vision. And then he says this. He says, he says, it shall speak, not he, though it tarry. Wait for it, he says. Wait for it. There's some patience involved. I know uh, it's probably people been, been trying to get. We need to get in that building next week. But guess what? God says it's an appointed time. Some of us, God, I need that new job. I, I, I know it's a promotion coming for me. God says, listen, it's for an appointed time. He says, wait for it. If I promised it to you, wait for it. Patience, patience, patience. That's one of the things. If you're going to operate inside of God's vision, you're going to have to have some patience. I think about uh, about my own church and uh, not my church, but the church God has placed me in. And and the first Sunday and I share this as my testimony. The first Sunday we opened the door and I had people told me you're making a grave mistake. It'll never work. Listen, it, new churches, it's no such thing as starting churches like that. And I thought about it where every church had to have a start date at some time. But we came that Sunday and, 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 and one of my members came in and she said, you're not going to believe what's going on. I said, what's happening? She said, there's over 100 people out there. Your first Sunday. And boy, I was hallelujah. Boy, this guy ain't getting ready to be OK. And I went out there. Remember, this was a vision God had given me for this ministry. And I shared this with people. He says, I'll give you three families. And just that quick, I forgot about those three families, man. There's 100 people out there. We're getting ready to have a good time. But the vision, the vision, and I went out and we had church that Sunday and we left and everybody was happy. And then the next Sunday, you see, you have to be careful getting caught up in yourself sometimes. The next Sunday, it was 13 of us in there. But guess what? The vision hadn't changed. The vision hadn't changed. I had written a vision, three families. The vision hadn't changed. But guess what? You have to wait on it. You have to wait on it. And what else did he say? He said, because it will surely come. It will not tarry. That means that God will not hide it from us forever. All we have to do is stay involved in the vision. Trust the vision that God has given you. Trust the vision that God has placed you in. Trust the vision that God has given your pastor. You're here because you trust the vision that God has given him. Your shepherd, the leader of the flock, you trust the vision. 
And whatever God has spoken into your life individually, you trust that vision. He says, because in the end, I'm not going to hold it from you. Why? Jeremiah 29 and 10. I have a plan for you. Make sure you know what that plan is. And then in verse four, he says, behold, his soul, which is lifted up, is not upright in him. But listen what he says. But the just shall live by faith. Sometimes we want to see so much how this thing is going to work out. You know, when I was sitting when I was standing in that river and you know what? I didn't care anything about that vision at that time. Lord, all I know is it's going to be three days before that boat comes back to get me. There's not a cell phone around that works in this part of this country. What am I going to do? And all along, God is telling me, trust the vision, trust the vision. Listen, again, it comes back to the one word adversity. And if I can trust the vision through adversity. Remember, God is trying to trying to give us sight past what we see with our natural eyes. Because let me tell you something. When we look at what it looks like with our natural eyes, sometimes it's a it's a bad picture. It's a bad picture. Sometimes the situations we're in, the circumstances that we're experiencing, it's a bad picture. But guess what? When I see it the way God sees it, when I can take my eyes and see it the way God sees it. And I know that there's a vision, there's a purpose, there's a plan for my life. And every one of us, God has given us a plan. He didn't save us to give us nothing to do. You know, we're not sitting around now waiting to go to heaven. He's given us a vision so that the kingdom might be worked. He says, listen, I've given you a portion of the kingdom. He says, occupy it or work it until I come. And you cannot work the kingdom without a vision. If somebody hired you on a new job and, and, and never told you what you were doing and you stood around for a few days and man, I don't know why he hired me. I don't know why I'm here. Guess what? You won't be very successful in that job. God says, listen, I called you and I've equipped you. I've given you the vision of what you need to see with your eyes. All you have to do is trust me. And when we see that, when we see that this trust that God has given us, when we see that we walk by faith and not by sight. And there are days and let me tell you, there are days when you walk and you don't know what you're going to be facing. And, and, and I share with people all the time. Don't worry about tomorrow. Matthew tells us this. He says, hey, listen, take no thought for tomorrow. He says, seek ye first the kingdom and its righteousness, a right relationship. He says, and I'll add all things unto you. And let me tell you, that's where we want to be in our lives. It's nothing like having things added into your life. You know, we can all go out and get jobs and work and, 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 and do things. But when God adds it, remember, we're chasing peace with our life. Trust the vision that God has spoken to you. And when you trust that vision, when you trust that vision, you'll find that, guess what? There's nothing but success coming. And Jeremiah, as God was talking to his children, he told them this. He says, listen, I'm going to deliver you. I'm going to deliver you. He says, it's going to be 70 years. But listen what he told them. He says, but while you are where you are, as part of this vision, while you are where you are, he says, listen, settle down. He says, settle down. You know, we get so jump, we get so antsy sometimes. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go. He told his children, settle down. He said, build, build, build some houses. He says, have some families, you know, live your life. This vision belongs to me. I'm going to deliver you out of where, where you are right now. 
but it's going to happen in my time. And sometimes we we don't understand that God's time is not ours. You know, one of the great revelations we have to make in our lives is God thoughts and ways are way above mine. So either I get to the point where I trust him or I get to the point where I don't. And when I don't trust him with the vision, I will perish. One of the things I try to do with people that I'm around all the time is I try to remove the gray out of people's life. Listen, our, our life and our walk with Christ is black and it's white. He says, either you love me or you hate me. You're for me or you're against me. I'm never in the middle. Well, well, Lord, I'm trying to make up my mind and, you know, we can talk about it. He says, no, if you're not for me, you're against me. We've got to learn that in God's vision, either I'm buying into it or I'm not. And when we can buy into the vision and trust it. And listen, there are some times where everything in me, in my sight, in my and in, in my five senses tell me that this is not going to work out for my good. This is not going to work out for my good. God is saying, trust the vision. Did you write it? Was it plain? Did you? And you have to really know that God is speaking to you. Was it plain to you? Did you really understand what I was saying? And when we understand God's vision, let me tell you, there's nothing that will be withheld from God's children. The Bible tells us this. He says, we have not because we ask not. And then when we ask, we ask for the wrong reasons. But how many of us are lacking in our lives simply because I walked away from the vision? I walked away from the vision. One of the things um, I've been coaching football now for about 14 years or so. And we've never really had great teams. We've been good sometimes, but we never had great teams. And then last year, last year, we we had a situation where one of our football players died on the field. And the kids watched him die. They watched him breathe his last breath on the field. And so we came off the field that night and and, and everybody was just down. And 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 they said, Coach, we watched you pray over him and he still died. God didn't answer your call. God didn't respond to our hurt that night. And I began to ask God myself, why was it necessary for these kids to see this, God? And God began to show me something. I'm getting ready to show what happens in adversity. I'm getting ready to show what happens in adversity. But you're going to have to trust what I'm doing. And so those kids every day, they came out. And I didn't know, I don't even know how they continued to play football. But they continued to play. And that was the the preseason game. We hadn't even played our first game. But the kids developed a vision. And why am I saying this? Because even if we develop the, the mind to do outside of even the, even the church, the vision can still work. They developed a vision that we're going to do this for our teammate. And every, after every practice, they would break it down on their teammate. After every game, they would break it down on their teammate. And we found ourselves 1-0, 2-0, 5-0, 7-0, 10-0 going into the playoffs, 11-0, 12-0, 13-0, 14-0. Here we are at the state championship game. With a team that, I would be honest with you, without this vision would have not been there. But they trusted the vision. They trusted the vision. They bought into what we were telling them that what was happening with them. And so they go into the state championship game and they blow out a team that had been picked to beat them by two touchdowns, 52 to 28. 
And those kids walked off that field that night. And, and I can remember one of them. He came and he hugged me. And he said, Coach, he says, man, when we got when we really bought into the vision that y'all had for what happened with this team, he said, nobody was going to beat us. And if we can do that on a football field, if I can do that in my job, if I can do that wherever I am in my life, if we would put that vision to work like that in the church. Listen what Jesus says upon this as Peter made the confession of who Jesus was. And Jesus says, upon this rock, I will build my church. That was vision. It hadn't been built yet. He says, I will build my church. He was given the vision for the church. He says, but the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you know what? That, some of us think that means that we cower in our churches. And listen, all of that stuff going on outside, it can't come in here and overtake us. Why? Because Jesus says it can't prevail against us. Let me tell you what prevail really means. Prevail really means if I buy into the vision of Christ and I get out of this church and I take it into the highways and byways, there's nothing out there that can stop this church. That's what prevail means. It don't mean that I cower in and just hold the fort. It means I take this out and I can defeat whatever comes my way. But I must buy into the vision. God says, I have a plan for you. Do you know what God's plan is for your life? And if you know it, do you take it serious? Have you written it down? And then in, in Habakkuk, it says, are you running with the vision? You see, a lot of people, there's a lot of knowledge of people. People full of knowledge always sitting down, never doing anything. Y'all know how people are. If you're out working and it's always the, the expert, man, I could do that in 15 minutes. Yeah, but you've been saying that for 15 years and you've never done it. <laughs> when are we going to put this vision to work? When is the church going to take the vision that God has given it and put it to work and go out into the highways and byways and be a difference in South Fulton and Fed and Coweta or wherever God may send us? When are we going to trust the vision that God has given us? Make sure that you are in the right place with the vision. I tell people I would never want to one day show up and be on the wrong side of God's plan. Never want to do that. Make sure that you are in that vision and trust it. Stay with it. And when you get dejected, when it gets tough with you, listen, go back and look what you wrote. Go back and look what you wrote, where you put it on your refrigerator, wherever you put it on your mirror. Go back and continue to read it. It says, listen, it's for an appointed time. It says, but it shall speak. It shall speak. It will come to pass. You just got to trust God's vision. Father, we thank you for your word. Father, we thank you that you have birthed in us a vision, God, a, a vision to work in your kingdom. Father, a vision to be successful for you have a plan for us. Father, you said a plan that will give us a, an expected end, an ending, God, that will only bring us prosperity. But, Father, we know we have to trust you. And so, Father, as you birth those visions in us, God, help us to be standing in the place that we might receive it. Father, help us to write it. Help us to record it that we might remember it. Father, help us to run with it, God, that we might believe it. And Father, as you continue to make these visions plain and clear, as you continue to have them to come to fruition in our lives, help us to give you the praise and the glory for only by your hands did it work. Father, I pray tonight that if there's anybody in this building that have not accepted, received you as Lord and Savior, have not allowed the blood of Jesus to cleanse their sins, that tonight will be the first night of the rest of their lives. 
And Father, if there's any in here tonight that you have given a vision for this church, for this ministry, God, I pray that they will come and share with the pastor. Father, to know that you have put together all that is needed in this place. And Father, as you continue to work out the vision of this church, God, in this community, Father, in the counties that that you have spoken to them to make a difference in their lives, I pray, Father, that they will get involved. Father, I I thank you for the scripture that you say we can forget about those things that are behind. Father, even if we have not trusted the vision before tonight, even if we have not given to you before tonight, that you say we can forget about those things that are behind and begin to press towards the mark. So, Father, we just thank you this night. We thank you for this revival. Father, for those things that you will do, God, tomorrow, Wednesday night, if you allow us to come, we give you that praise right now. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.